Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm David Ekstrom. Bright in the Corner Where You Are is a hymn we may not hear as often today as we used to, but its message is one that resonates with the Brown family. After touring around the globe for 22 years, the musically gifted family decided it was time to find a home base. That dream brought them back to their hometown of Lamars, Iowa, where they revitalized several historic buildings and created a unique draw for the community. Before we hear from Lori and the Brown family, this podcast is brought to you by Case IH. Everything Case IH makes is designed, engineered, and built by farmers. To the men and women of Case IH, farming is a way of life, a life they live every day on the millions of acres across North America. Get to know the farmers who work at Case IH and see how they bring that perspective into everything Case IH does. Visit BuiltByFarmers.com to see their stories and even share your own. Built by Farmers, Case IH. And now, back to the podcast. All right, so welcome to this edition of the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Lori Bedord, the Executive Editor, Agronomy and Technology for Successful Farming, and we are here today in Lamar's, Iowa, home of Blue Bunny Ice Cream. We all have to go get our ice cream after we're done here. <laughs> Even though it is a little chilly out there, we've gotten about nine inches of snow overnight. I'm. It's also the home to the Brown family and Brown Century Theater. And with me today are five members of the Brown family, Keith, Shelley, Adam, Michaela, and Andrew. And I think before we jump into Brown Century Theater, I wanna talk and take us back to the farm where this all started. So Keith, tell us about Brown Family Farm and give us a little history behind the farm. Well, it's it's definitely a family farm like most in Iowa, but uh, that's the case we're at. And uh, my great-great-grandfather homesteaded our farm 135 years ago and and uh, set roots there. He actually left and went to California and then did come back, but uh, af- after a few years, apparently couldn't grow corn in California, I guess, but uh, decided to come back and did and uh, settled in the, the area where we're at. And then it's, it's gone on down the generations and and the farm we're on is, is was the original homesteaded piece that uh, that great great grandfather had. So I, uh, you know, there's a little pressure to to not lose it, to hang on to it, and we I've taken pride in that. And uh, you know, I just followed in the footsteps, especially my grandfather and my dad uh, were farmers, and uh, I just followed along. Started working when I was young, and and then the, the family comes along, and so so we're. Even though we're entertainers, also we're we're farmers. All these kids are farm kids. They grew up on the farm, and in fact, they all have CDLs. They can drive semis, tractors, you name nice. it. They can go out on the farm and do it. And and, uh, and I still still am active on the farm myself. Andrew is is starting to farm with me also, and we'll continue the continue the trend as a, another generation. So I'm excited about that. So corn and soybeans, do you have any livestock? Yeah, corn and soybeans. We used to have a feral to finish and stock cow herd. My dad was a cattle feeder. My grandfather, a lot of cattle were fed in our farm. But uh, I guess as our family got busy, we started singing 22 years ago and got busy and did a lot of traveling. So then I started kind of doing away with the hogs first. And and uh, then I guess the last thing to go was the, the stock cow herd that, that wasn't quite so time sensitive. So... But uh, we kind of miss all the livestock, but I don't miss all the time that it took to be with them. And sure. certainly didn't fit with traveling with a family, you know, going out on weekends or for two or three week tours. So, so but now it's corn and soybeans, and uh, that, that's my, always has been my love. So I, I'm, I'm still doing what I love to do. 
So Andrew, you're the next generation to take over the farm. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what it's like to follow in your dad's footsteps. And you know, as a young farmer, it, it's hard to start out. Yeah, it uh, it is. As a young farmer, it's hard to start out. But uh, there's a lot of great things that the state of Iowa and um, federal um, uh, governments and stuff that they've put in place for young farmers, which is great. And um, we've taken advantage of those, or I have. Um, but yeah, following in dad's footsteps, I mean, I mean, it's pretty easy to walk in his footsteps. I mean, it's what's well, it's hard to fill his shoes. Uh, never be able to. But um, yeah, I love going out and working with dad and usually learn something new every day um, from him and different stuff. And yeah, I look forward to uh, farming for the next however many years Lord will allow me to. Mm -hmm. So. So talk about the land in the area, because I know we talked about this earlier. You know, there's a lot of farmers around here, but you know, land prices have really gone crazy the last few years. And you know, how has that impact impacted what you guys do? Uh, well, <laughs> try to grow a bigger crop, I guess. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's impacted a little bit. You know, obviously, um, as me like looking to, you know, I would love to buy farmland. Um, it just is like, well, you just have to wait, I guess, and mm -hmm. try to build up or try to rent ground, um, which I've been um, able to and blessed to rent ground as a young, you know, 25-year-old guy at the time when I rented it. And yeah, kind of starting there and then eventually, yeah, someday, hopefully, trying to find some piece of ground that I can buy up someday. So yeah, I just, I guess, try to find, we're, mom and dad's motto is always, you know, like work to, work to what you want or work mm -hmm. to what you can, you think you can get. And so I guess, yeah, it's just like, well, it, I'll just work and figure it out. So yeah, Rob Peter to pay Paul maybe, I don't know. <laughs> One day at <laughs> we'll a time. See, yeah. One day at a time. <laughs> find, a, find a nice banker I can work with, I guess. So, so you have to tell me, Keith and Shelley, how you two met. Well, I, I'm from here, of course, lived here my whole life. And back when we were younger, Westmore College was in Lamar's. It's since closed down, but uh, I attended there kind of when I got uh, out of high school. I didn't have enough to farm, didn't have enough to do. So I went ahead and went to put myself through college, played football and all those fun things. And and then uh, then I met Shelly there. So that's where we started. And you can fill the rest in. He was my football hero. <laughs> I was the music major and the cheerleader, so, and I always loved music, and I'd drag him along to my concerts, and uh, so he always seemed to like it, and uh, so, yeah, we met at Westmar, and... Uh, she was a city girl, and... <laughs> I was a city And her girl. mother told her never date or marry a farmer. Uh, so, so I, yeah, I, yeah, said, yeah. I me and her yes. mother-in-law never gotten along, but <laughs> That's not true. I got her daughter. <laughs> I said yes as soon as he asked me. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh. So, Shelly, you touched on music. You are a yes. very musical family. So tell me how you started in music. Well, I've always loved music, and it was a grandmother who, you know, really, um, nurtured me and gave me a love for song and music and and as the kids came along um, of course music just filled the house and um, we would of course we lived 12 miles west of Lamar's so it was a long trip into Lamar's each time we would come into town and uh, we would sing all the time 
And I have a friend who I went to college with, and she said, you know, I think those kids are getting older. I think they could sing parts. Why don't you try to teach them, you know, parts? So I'd be on the melody, and uh, they'd start singing, and then I'd drop down to the harmony, and I'm like, oh, these kids can sing. <laughs> and so we started out really simply singing for Grandma and at our own home church. And um, so, and, you know, that was just a, a simple time. I sang with my sisters. Uh, two sisters in a trio in high school. I sang in college with two of my best friends in a trio. And um, then later on, um, as a young married couple um, in the community, I was asked to do something. So I asked two other girls to sing with me. So I had another trio. And uh, so I always had music. Um, and then as the kids started singing, um, it was just kind of a natural. And that trio that I sang with, um, the one of the gals wasn't going to sing anymore. And I'm like, well, maybe the kids could come along and sing a few songs. And we did. And sure enough, somebody asked us to sing that night um, as a family. And then we went there and somebody else asked. And it was just kind of a snowball effect. And it started very simply. And uh, in the year 2000, um, I took my check from that singing group was $200 when all was said and done. I took it to the bank and put it in the bank under the name The Browns. And that's, and that's how it all started. how we started. <laughs> so how many years ago was that, Shelley? Uh, 20, well, we're starting our 23rd year wow. of singing. Now that was real simple. And uh, we do have an older daughter who lives in Alabama. So we had four kids and and Andrew was pretty small, and so um, we would just let him shake a little egg shaker <laughs> because he would sit in the back and pout because he didn't get to come and sing with the rest of us. <laughs> so finally we let him sing, and then we gave him a microphone, but it didn't have a cord <laughs> at the time, so he'd be singing, and Keith would be back at the soundboard, and Andrew would be thumping on his microphone because he couldn't hear himself. <laughs> so, I still do that every once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> Wait a minute, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Turn me up. And I still have the mute button. Yeah, he still too. has the mute button. <laughs> so um, when did you start traveling and going on the road? Well, it started out very simply. Um, you know, like I said, we started in our home community, and then someone would ask us, you know, on the other side of Iowa, and we'd be like, wow, this is a big trip all the way there. And, and uh, we started out in our minivan. Um, and we did a lot of Christmas caroling and things like that in the community. And as we would do that, someone would hear us and ask us somewhere else. And so we started out in our minivan, and then we finally got a, a full-size passenger van with a back seat that laid down. We're like, this it's is big time. This <laughs> is big time. Luxury. We wow. love this. <laughs> and then we'd even go a little farther. And uh, we ended up with this motorhome that beat us to death because it was so bouncy. <laughs> and uh, those were fun times. And uh, then now we have a tour bus. Now we have a tour bus. Which has so. over a million miles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, a so. million miles on a tour bus with your family. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun times yeah, together. A lot of fun times, yeah. So I have to add, have they We're turned on your microphone yet, Andrew? Yeah, oh yeah, they, they, they can't shut it off now, so <laughs> they have to leave it on. So how many shows do you guys do a year? You've, you've at the done. theater last year we did, uh, what was right it? Right at 100. Right at 100. Mm -hmm. um, out on the road it kind of varies from year to year. 
Um, but before we did the theater, when we were traveling a lot, we did 150 to 170, and maybe some years, maybe 200 concerts out on the road. So we were gone, you know, a lot of, you know, we were, <laughs> dad would be home farming and we were out traveling around. That's part of the reason we had to sell the livestock because you just can't take care of livestock when you're gone that many days. So. And, we, and with our touring schedule, you can, you know, be home in the spring and the fall when you plant and harvest. So that always worked out. And then, all summer long, winter long, we would tour. So You're busy, but you still control your schedule, yeah. which yeah. saved us. It yeah. gave us the ability to do what we do. So. Yeah. So give our listeners an idea of what type of genre music you like to sing, because I know you do a, a wide variety of music. Yes. So it started, of course, um, with gospel music, and that four-part harmony, um, you know, has been uh, just very traditional to that genre. And so that's still what we do. But then we, of course, play the violins. Um, so we started those when we were just really young. <laughs> and um, so then we started incorporating those. Um, and it's been really fun to just watch it all kind of evolve into our sound that we have now. You know, we're young and love to have fun. So uh, we have a very, I think, a very fun aspect, um, lively music. Um, we incorporate the instruments into it. Um, but then once we opened the theater, um, well, actually, before that, we did a show in Branson, Missouri, um, a Christmas show down there. And so that really gave us kind of the theater bug, and we were able to see what, um, you know, performing in a theater was like. Um, and so it really started to stretch us in a different way as musicians, um, and we pulled in some variety um, during that show. So then when we uh, came back home and opened this theater, you know, we really were able to, you know, start to uh, create different shows. So now, uh, this past year, we did seven different themed shows throughout the year. So um, if you kind of think about the holidays and those themes that go along with them, um, Celtic, uh, patriotic, Christmas, of course, country, um, you know, we are able to um, produce shows that go around those those themed holidays. So it's been really neat and it has stretched us, um, you know, a lot as well. Yeah. So, you know, you got some Celtic fiddle, country fiddle, um, of course, the gospel classical. music. We love yeah. classical. Yep, of course, classical. So, well, a lot goes into choosing those songs and setting up each one of the shows. Your dad was telling yes. me yesterday that, you know, you're very, it's very strategic on how you pick a song and that, you know, one's not too fast or you have two or three that are not too fast. So talk about that a little bit more because I think that's fascinating. Right, because there is, if you look at a two-hour show, um, we roughly do about 20 to 22 songs per show. So that's a lot of music. Um, and then, of course, we all get to, you know, throw in our two cents of, you know, what song, you know, fits you and what one you want to sing and, and vice versa through all of us. And then we pick our collective ones together. Um, but then, yes, there is a certain... Um, rhythm, if you will, of the order of your program. So yeah, you have your slow songs, fast, medium, um, the boys, you know, throw in their humor. <laughs> they can be funny every once in a while. You know, while. someday we're going we're gonna to do our own show. That's right. Our yeah, own I comedy show. Comedy just show? It just sold out like that. It just yeah. sold out. Yeah. Here goes the tickets. Because yeah. you don't have enough to do, we're just going to throw <laughs> yeah. in a comedy yeah. show in there yeah. as well. That would be a long two hours. <laughs> so, Michaela, well, yeah. you mentioned Branson. Mm -hmm. You know, why come back to Lamar's? You guys were performing in Branson. You know, you were doing 150 shows a year. That's a lot, a lot of time to be on the road. Why come back to your hometown? Yeah, so during that time, it was about 15 years ago now, um, and it was kind of a pivotal, I was a senior in high school, um, so it was a pivotal time, you know, in our career. We were on the road a lot. 
um, and we were actually offered a theater and you know more shows down the line in Branson. But that would you know entitle us to just pick up and have to move to Branson. You know, and the marketing and there's so much more to go that goes on behind the scenes to running a theater. So it, we definitely came to a point where like we kind of had to make a choice. Like, are we going to keep traveling? Are we going to move to Branson? You know, or are we going to stay here? And, you know, of course, the farm is here. Our roots are here. And so that was not an option. So we let that um, pass along the wayside. And we said no um, to Branson. And we kept touring. And little did we know that this was a, a window that was going to be opened, you know, a few years down the road. So God had a plan into all. We just didn't know it quite then. And to add to that, we do our recording a lot of it in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And a lot of uh, artists move there once they have a record company and booking agency and management and stuff and such. But that was always the thing. Are you going to move to Nashville? Are you going to move to Branson? It's like uh, people didn't quite get it. Like, listen, our roots are here <laughs> with a farm in Iowa. We're never going you anywhere. You can't just pick up that farm and no. move to Nashville. No, like we can go visit or like, yeah, maybe yeah, have a show down yeah, there, which we, we did. Yeah, and, time. yeah, for a time. But then we're back here in the spring and the fall, you know, so. So you started investing in Main Street and purchasing buildings, and the one we're in today is Brown Century Theater. So talk about that and how that purchase came to be. Well, we, um, from time to time, I would have coffee with my girlfriends, and uh, I would always be like, oh, tell me what buildings are empty. What's going on downtown? And I'm like, oh, that would make a great theater. That would make a great theater. One time she wanted to buy the old Walmart building. <laughs> At one point, nice. I mean, massive. <laughs> oh, we could turn that into a theater. And we're like, mom, no. Let's start small. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. But I think that's important because even yeah. probably before Branson, Shelly would always joke. Someday we're going to have our own. We want to have our own place. We want to have our own. But it, it was, was always kind of a joke. A but dream so anyway, joke. keep going. Uh. <laughs> so um, we came back and met with the chamber office, and they told us some of the buildings that were available. And just so happened, Adam and I were free that day, and we went across the street from this building that we're in now. And we looked at a building and we're like, oh, this, this is, we met with the plumber, the electrician. Some work, yeah. We were depressed. Yeah, we were <laughs> like, this is way more than Maybe we Maybe we should go back do. to the Walmart building. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> there has to be something else. So actually, we, the plumber and electrician left and we actually sat on the steps across the street uh, at that building and looked over across the street. And I said to Adam, I've always thought that that building was the most beautiful building downtown. The limestone, it's, it's tall, the big pillars, it's on the corner. It's so beautiful. I'm like, I'm just going to call that guy. Why don't we just call him and ask? Yeah, it wasn't for sale. All he could say is no. Yeah. And uh, so we called, and he was a lawyer that was alone in this building. He said, I'm ready to retire in a few years. I'm all alone in all of these offices. He goes, I would like to sell you my building. We're like, great, <laughs> it's a plan. So uh, we bought the building on August 11th and came in. It had dropped ceilings and uh, it was all offices partitioned off down in this main level and offices upstairs. And uh, so the Brown boys came in guns a-blazing <laughs> and sledgehammers a-blazing. <laughs> and uh, we pretty much just gutted the whole building. Um, we did not know what was above that drop ceiling. And so we were very pleasantly surprised when we, um, when the boys took down those tiles and we could see what, what was 
um, at the time as like, wow, this is neat architecture up here. And little did we know that it was a boxed ceiling, um, cement hand molded uh, molding, and hand stenciling around each one. And I'm like, this is perfect for a theater. This is going to be beautiful. Yeah, it's got a lot of character. Yes, it really does. And then along the side wall, it has Italian marble that's beautiful, about um, probably eight feet tall, would that be? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so <laughs> It is. <laughs> and um, so in the 70s, they thought that wood paneling was much more beautiful than mm -hmm. Italian marble. Mm -hmm. So they adhesed wood paneling and screwed in wood paneling to that wall. Oh, wow. And so we came in, we would scrape a little section of adhesive and paneling off in a day. <laughs> and it was oh, it a labor a of, of love. And every weeks screw hole, weeks, yeah. when you drill a screw hole in marble, it makes it like a pit. So probably the size of a 50 cent piece or bigger. So did you have to go along and fill out. in all those holes? Mm -hmm. Yes, we actually hired, found a lady that was specialized in repairing marble. And then she also, so she covered in 100, I think there were 120 holes, did we yeah. count? Oh my gosh. You can kind of still see them, but she had a special adhesive and things she painted. And then she painted over them. Full to, painting. To, full painted it to, to match the color of the existing marble. And she also became our, our I can, you can tell about her up here. Oh, too, well. She was a savior. She, we yeah. found her. And yes. Somehow she in really Minnesota, was. she would come drive down oh, here every day wow. and work in here for hours. But and I, I can't quite remember the connection, but it yeah. was a neat um, connection because she was just the person we needed. That we set up scaffolding to the ceiling, and we called her Michelangelo, <laughs> because literally she did have to lay. And um, you know, uh, there were cracks and things that some of the workers helped fill in, but um, she had to uh, fill in all that hand stenciling, and she did it all by hand and restored it and. It, I just think it's beautiful. Took, a, took her two weeks, I think, yeah. for yes. a good two weeks. Oh, to do the stenciling? Yeah. She would yes. work for an hour and then take a, take a break. I mean, you're like just sitting rest. there with your net, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so I remember her. She'd, so. she'd just, we'd all be working. She'd come down and just chat with us for a little bit. Well, I'm going back up. She'd climb back up, and you wouldn't see her for an hour or so. The yeah. part was, though, she had to match that 100-year-old hand-painted yeah. stenciling, yeah. so she had a mixer pad right on her Yeah, she was mixing paint right yeah. there. Oh, I mean, wow. it was, Pretty yeah, cool. it was amazing. When we bought the building when we first looked at it we thought oh there's walls in here okay we'll tear the walls out paint everything black throw carpet throw chairs in here we'll be done in you know a month or two well you know two or three months later we were not even halfway done with the project because it turned into a restoration because it was mm -hmm. like oh we have to do hand stenciling and have to fix all the tile or the marble and mm -hmm. yeah so it was and there's a basement and an upstairs and yeah so it really just like we thought, oh, this is going to be pretty easy, and then it was like, no, yeah, it was like yeah, it turned into yeah. a restoration yeah. project, yeah. and yeah. if you find cool old stuff like this, you don't really want to get rid of yeah. it, yeah, so, absolutely, or cover it up. So. Yeah. So, how old is this building? What does it date? Back Actually, to? we bought it on its hundredth birthday, so um, it was finished in uh, 1915, and we bought it in the year 2015. Hence the Brown Century Theater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Yes. And then all the light fixtures, um, we, as a family, we, we sing all over, of course. And one of the places that we were able to visit while we were singing is a North Carolina Vanderbilt mansion. Mm. And they had these beautiful light fixtures. Well, when I was looking 
for just the right thing for the theater that was going to just um, be a showpiece for the lighting, I ran across these light fixtures which were replicas of the Vanderbilt Mansion. So I went to Farmer Brown and I said, <laughs> could we sell a few loads of corn because we have to have loads this of corn beautiful each one of chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, it was more than one load. <laughs> but every time I look at them, I, I, yeah, I'm just very thankful and I love them. So <laughs> that was a neat story. And then downstairs, there's the vault. What were you going to no, say? No, no. <laughs> I was going to say we only have four chandeliers in here because this is all a poured concrete building, mm. which I can't imagine they did that over 100 years ago. But So there were only four old holes with electric lining in them that we could put lights in. So that's why there's only four of them in here. So at least we didn't have to line the whole room with a dozen of them, but uh, well, we, we didn't, didn't put want to, some out in there. The less conduit we had to put up, the better. Yeah, we didn't to want to put conduit and all that stuff, so. especially, yeah, Shelly did not want that at all. So did not look pretty. I wanted it to be beautiful. Yeah, but anyway. So how many people does the theater hold? 100, well, we have 150 seats. That's our legal limit for fire code. So that's what we, we were able to fit in here. You know, we were, we're limited here. It's, mm -hmm. it's cozy, but that's what we can hold. And we first booked nine con Christmas concerts here when we finished it, and those all sold out, so we added a bunch. Now, um, this past year, 2022, we did, uh, what, 38 Christmas shows. So not including all the other shows we do right in the regular season during the summer. So a lot more singing here than we thought we'd ever do, but mm -hmm. it's really nice, and it's worked out well. So. Mm -hmm. So how did COVID impact you guys? Because I'm sure it pretty much stopped traveling altogether. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I'll let you do the interview then. No, Andrew. no. <laughs> that was uh, a tough one on any musician, singer, live music venue, because that was like the first thing to go and the last thing to come back, it seems like. Uh, really we, that I can think of. We yeah. put, well, thankfully we were in a state that allowed us to um, you know, use what we could, um, you know, socially distance and whatnot. So uh, we are very thankful to be in Iowa. Um, we took, you know, every precaution we could. We put in some UV, UV lighting, um, disinfecting in our air system, and then we took out half the seats, and we, Andrew made these great um, yeah, plexiglass partitions. So, you know, they were all separated, the rows, and so yeah. we were able, you know, we closed down obviously for quite a few months and then um, June, middle of the year, yeah, July. End yeah. of June is I think we started, we did the first shows back where I think were patriotic shows okay. yeah. towards the end. And that we had, yeah, five foot distance and, you know, front to back. And then we, yeah, we, Adam and I made up those plexiglass things. Yeah, so for a half a year, every show I had to go through the, the list of every person that came and say, well, there's two different families that are sitting next to each other. Okay, they need a plexiglass there. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for every show, every Christmas show. And <laughs> it, really, it really looked goofy yeah. in here. People were yeah. all, but then, of course, you know the nature of people. Well, you, people would be sitting there because I could sit by my wife without plexiglass, but you had to, so then it's intermission. Everybody stands up, shakes hands. <laughs> it's like, like don't do yeah, that. yeah. They're they're all talking, and it's, so it's like stand your side of the partition. Yeah, yeah. And some people, yeah, some people were real strict and sat there. And that was the hardest thing, though, because everybody personally had their own view on it. But at some point, it's like we have to pay our bills and open someday. And so it's like, when do you do that? And so you just kind of try it, and if people are comfortable to come, and you try to do all the things, take those steps, like measures like we did. Well, it was also another thing that kind of kept us 
wanting to do more and just keep going through you know that year was yeah people would come to a show and say oh we just it was just amazing to see you know act somebody actually live yeah, singing so and to, to hear music and and yeah. to kind of be with people and then it's like just to hear those stories it's just like well i mean mm -hmm. yeah it's not perfect it's not great but we're just going to keep doing what we had could do that year so. and i remember we did those songs of inspiration shows where they were just good uplifting song feel good songs but serious songs but just songs of hope and um people would just come you know real emotional because they just needed hope they needed you know encouragement so that was that was a neat time a hard time mm -hmm. so. well you did quite a bit of writing songs during that time too didn't you Shelley? well yeah during that time of course Michaela and i love to write songs we've all written songs um but during that time i was like well, I'm home here on this long vacation. <laughs> and um, I was thinking about the theater and, you know, we have tour buses that come, but once they come, you know, to get them to come again, and even our, our regular people, um, clientele that come, you know, you need to offer different things. And so I'm like, well, what could we do that's kind of different? Well, I was researching a song that I've always wanted us to sing, which is the Little Brown Church in the Vale, um, which is located in Iowa. And um, I couldn't believe, as I was researching that song, I was going to another one, another one. I'm like, wow, this is really cool, all these songs that have to do with Iowa. And so I got this, this light bulb went on, and I got this idea, why don't we do um, a whole musical concert, a show of Iowa? So it turned into the show, Oh My Iowa. It's all songs and multimedia of um, people and places, but the music of Iowa, like Music Man, the Everly Brothers, um, the Clear Lake incident with Buddy Holly, um, of course, the Little Brown Church, Andy Williams, it just goes on and on. And actually, we could do two shows <laughs> of all the great music and the ties um, to our great state. And so that's been a great show. We did it actually to all the school children in the city of, of Lamar's. They wanted to bring the kids and they were so attentive and great and the people loved it we recorded it um, and we're going to do it again this summer so. well and you've recorded nine cds and now you're finishing up your 10th or is the 10th one done yeah the tenth that we carry you know and the public now <laughs> so yeah we we've yes yeah we've put a lot of them away but uh yeah we just finished uh, recording a brand new album that'll be out um in March, I believe. So yeah, we're, we're finishing that up and really excited to have new music. Um, so we usually record about every year and a half. And of course, with our Christmas, we've um, done three Christmas albums in the last four years. <laughs> so yep. So yeah, we so love making new music. Talk about some of the music on this new album. What's your favorite? Is there a favorite? Ooh, it's too new to have a favorite <laughs> yeah. yet. We haven't um, even sang them yet. That's how. Like, yeah, we've been we sang them in the, the you know live. We live. sang them uh, when we recorded them, but we're just kind of getting them back. So it's kind of like. Oh. Yes, uh, there's a song on there called "Move" um, that has uh, just a really cool feel to it. Um, yeah, so I think that one is listening wise is my favorite. But uh, I need to live with it a little longer. That may change. But. <laughs> So how soon will you incorporate those songs into your shows, or have you already started doing that? Um, well, we actually are just getting back the music to okay. be able to perform them. So there's you know, quite a process to get to the point where we can perform them on stage. So uh, we just have them. Uh, we're going to
to, we actually themed a whole show um, in the spring for that. So our, our gospel music show um, highlighting our new album release. Um, so we'll do all of those for sure at uh, the end of April. So we have that planned. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, and you guys are traveling here fairly soon. You're going to head on a cruise and then you're headed to Norway. Is that right? Right. Um, the end of January, we'll sing on a cruise, which we haven't been on since before 2020. <laughs> so um, this is the first cruise back. So we're pretty excited about that. They charter the whole boat and it's all groups of musicians like ourselves. So um, you can hear music everywhere on that boat. It's a singing cruise and uh, we encourage people to come with us. So that's really fun. And it's probably about our 19th or 20th cruise that we've done and sang on. And then um, previously we went to Norway and Sweden and they um, sent us an email recently and said, hey, we're finally back. So they're, they're opening up, you know, they haven't done their regular festivals and things. And they're like, we want you back. So in August, um, we have time set aside that we're gonna fly across the pond I, and uh, be in Norway. And so, Sweden. yeah. So your daughter Jessica is also very musically talented and she'll be on the cruise with you with her husband? Well, this you? year um, the Brown family has really expanded. We have three new babies in the Brown family. So Jessica and Nick have a little boy and uh, he is three months old. And Adam and Jen have a new little boy, <laughs> Jack, and he's three and a half months old. And then Adam, Andrew, and Jacinda have a little girl, and uh, Holland Ray, she's four months old. So the babies have to be six months old to go on the cruise. Oh, so okay. <laughs> this year it looks a is little different. Is that a grandma different. rule or is that a cruise rule? It's a cruise rule. It's a cruise, cruise rule. So um, grandma would sneak them in her yeah, suitcase. Yeah. But you know, that's the neat thing about family. We just go with the flow. And um, you know, when we did travel so much, we never minded because we had everybody with us. Our whole family was there. And as Jessica got married, moved to Alabama and the boys got married and just different things happen and grandkids now, we're able to, to do what you know fits our family, still get to do what we love and still get to uh, bless people, meet people, encourage people with our music. And uh, sometimes Jessica comes back and joins us. And uh, we just can, with the theater, we have a flexibility to do different shows, like you boys in your new comedy show you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So what's the age limit for bringing the babies on stage here then? Yeah. There's no limit for that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> They get on stage maybe a little. Yeah. I guess yeah. The, the, the newborns haven't yet. Yeah. But, uh, they haven't made their debut. Yeah. <laughs> they have to walk at least. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, is that the okay. <laughs> so, what we haven't mentioned is that Keith, even though he doesn't sing with the family, he does help behind the scenes. So, Keith, you got to tell us what you do on the sound. Well, I, I am, I guess, the sound technician for the group. Um, I'm it. That's all there is. And, but uh, it's uh, I've always done it with the kids. It's just somebody had to do it, and I was always with them. So uh, I sit in the back and run the sound, mix the music. Uh, we also have a video screen. We have multiple lighting. So there's actually kind of five things I'm usually doing at one time, starting the music, starting the tracks, get the video the right one on. The lights Sometimes lights change within a song or a scene, so you have to do that. So I sit back there with kind of a script and just 
try to make it all happen in the right way and get the right song started. And it's all in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I have usually, to ask what's easier, driving a combine or driving a soundboard? Oh, the combine is much nicer. <laughs> much nicer. I'm he still looking at electronics. But yeah, I usually make a mistake every so often in a show, and then, of course, I get those looks. And, but I want them to know I'm there, you know. Yeah. So, But uh, I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And then uh, kind of part of that job then is I usher people into or, or help our ushers so and i get to meet the people um, i know i told you yesterday you, you if you don't like people or love people you don't do this because we we are with people all the time um they're hugging our necks after the show or talking or telling us stories or sometimes you know you i've heard all kinds of stories sometimes tears and you know you see all kinds of emotions and different things and different songs so it's just been really neat. I, I've forgotten everybody's name, but I remember a face. But, yeah. uh, you know, we see so many people and a lot of great fans. But uh, yeah. uh, we, we love people and love being part of our little part of their lives. Mm -hmm. so it's well, there's neat. just something about music that just stirs emotions. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's whether it's a song that you remember as a kid growing up or, yep. you know, something, that, a new song that really resonates with you. I mean, yep. so you know, what you do is really important oh, yeah. for, I mean, especially after we've gone through COVID. I mean, right. there's just so many people that were sheltered for so long. And I mean, I can remember coming here for the Christmas show and it just felt so amazing just to see you up and you were having so much fun on stage, mm -hmm. yeah. just enjoying each other's company. But you guys are with each other a lot. It's a lot of family time. So I'm sure it goes great 100% of the time. Oh, yeah. Total normal family. We could do a whole show on the behind the scenes. Stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, hey. I remember once in a bus, we, we were in Florida. They were having a wrestling match, a water fight. Literally a minute before they went on the stage to a big crowd. Little. And they were all mad at each other or something. Then they all turned and said, oh. I love you all. You know, <laughs> then they went on stage like nothing happened. I thought, oh boy, if they'd have seen what was going on, but oh. it's just part of a family dynamic. And yeah, and, and they, when you live in a little space, you have to just get mad and then get over it. You know, and on the farm, we lived in, in an old farmhouse. I've redecorated it, and we've done a lot of wonderful things. And I wouldn't leave it ever. I love our old farmhouse that's totally redone. But we started out with this little teeny tiny bathroom. <laughs> this is too much information. But I always say it helped us to get along. It, it helped us prepare for traveling on the road with an even smaller little bathroom, you know? And um, as a family, and a lot of Iowa farm families are like that, you work with your relatives. You have to learn how to get angry, get sad, get happy, get whatever, and just work through it and, and get along. And that's the neat thing about relationships and the neat thing about family farms and what we do singing also. Yeah, well, and Keith and I talked yesterday about transition. You know, that's just so hard on the family farm and ensuring that, you know, you're setting up that plan for the next generation. And, you know, we've talked about Andrew taking on that next generate being the next generation to farm but you know Keith talk about that and you know that that's tough it really is to make sure that it's fair to everybody you know mm -hmm. and making sure that you're doing what's best for everybody involved yeah it was you know it was an issue I used to read about in publications I remember even when I was in my 50s I thought well yeah okay that's down the road. I'm not going to worry about it. But then all of a sudden I'm in my 60s and then we're thinking Social Security, Medicare, all that stuff. And 
and how do you transition a farm and how do you do it uh, equitably and and uh, it's uh, just really been a real struggle for me we're working on it um, I was with my bookkeeper just the other day and got to get them with the attorneys and I'm probably a little behind on it we have a farm a corporation it's C Corp that we have to work to get transitioned and in a way it might make it easier but uh, yeah just a lot of steps to, to keep the family farm the way it is um, and uh, you know it was a good transition for me and my dad so I guess I want the same to all these kids and however we work it but definitely not not easy I, I you know have really been kind of been shell-shocked with well this isn't so you, you think about I want to do this how I'm gonna do that and uh, and I think we always we, think we have all, all kinds of time right yeah, yeah and we, we certainly do. don't yeah mm-hmm. yeah you never know when you're gonna take draw your last breath that's for sure so uh, but uh, we'll, we'll get there I know that but uh, it takes takes a real drive and you just got to get started yeah so, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit and go back to the community. And you also purchased other buildings in the community as well. So I want you to talk about the inn and why you decided to invest in a bed and breakfast. To add to the story of our theater, the very first building we looked at before we started the theater was the one kitty corner across the street, which we now own. Mm -hmm. And it needed a lot of work, leaky roof. Um, (laughs) We pretty much gutted everything out of it. And uh, a really leaky roof. <laughs> yeah, that was the one where we were sitting on the steps after we looked at it, kind of discouraged. Like you're looking at your first building to do something you want to do, or you have a dream to do, and it didn't quite work out. And then, of course, got out of plan, and we got this one. But anyhow, we decided we needed more space to thought we'd try serving people meals before the shows, and not a restaurant, full restaurant, but kind of a buffet style, so people have an option to eat downtown before the show. And uh, that led us to another kind of restoration project. That was kind of a different style building, about as old as this one, but it had the old metal ceilings, which is really cool. Um, some cool molding and that kind of thing, which the metal ceilings were in bad shape. A lot of them we actually had to patch and they were corroded from the leaky roof. So mom found a uh, unique store in Iowa here, central Iowa, and actually found matching uh, ceiling metal that she yeah, brought back. Tin yeah, tin ceiling that we tires. pieced in and then we painted it. It's real shiny, it really pops. And then upstairs we decided, oh, it'd be nice for people to have a place to stay downtown. And so we remodeled the upstairs, which was a huge project, into three boutique, um, I guess you'd call them bed and breakfast rooms or boutique hotel rooms. Um, and those really turned out beautifully. And uh, that's been well for us too and actually to extend onto that we are adding on to the next building we actually are close to finishing two larger brand new suites in the next month here this end of this month yeah after today i gotta go tile yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's wrap it up come on and a lot of that finished work (laughs) we hired a lot of it done but then there's certain things you can't do well a lot of the finished work andrew and i did ourselves um which is a lot of a lot of fun mm-hmm. yeah. and on back to this side of the street so originally in in our theater building our gift shop 
uh, was down the basement and the restrooms were down the basement, which was also um, just all marble flooring and then the beautiful vaults because the theater was a, a bank way back in the day. So the big vault is still down there. Um, and so that's where our gift shop and restrooms were. Um, and then in 2021, um, our elevator, there was an elevator here, it bit the dust and it was gonna be too much work and too expensive to pull it out and do a new one. Um, and thankfully, Adam had the forethought to buy the building that was next door <laughs> to the theater here. Um, so Andrew just dropped that elevator car to the ground, took off out all the mechanisms, um, and then we knocked they two holes. To, they wanted to charge us $10,000 just to 100. take, no, well, oh, for a new, uh, 100,000 for a new elevator, oh, wow. 10,000 just to take the everything out of it. And I asked the uh, inspector, because that was a, that was the Otis, the different company mm -hmm. that wanted that. And so I asked the inspector, I'm like, do you really have to pay somebody to take this out? He goes, if there's no elevator in there, I don't have to inspect if you're going to take it out. Or yeah. he goes, I don't, if it's not working, I don't have to inspect it. So, well, okay. So we went out to the farm and got a torch and a saw and got the car trailer. And, you know, and so we just started ripping steel out. And uh, the guy who helps us out in the farm and dad and I, we took all the oil out of everything out of the basement and did what we had to do, you know, mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of get it out the best way. Dropped the car down to the basement level, took the stuff off of it that we had to on top and put a floor over it and cut a hole through the wall and that's the entrance kind of to go between the theater and the gift shop so we just kind of like it's kind of the a brown way of doing it it's like well we just figure like and we that's what we did on the farm it's yeah. like that's what you have to do sometimes yep. you know you just like gotta you just gotta figure, gotta it, figure out. it out you know mm -hmm. and so yeah. that's kind of transitioned into a lot of this stuff it's like well yeah, yeah i'm not the tiler but figure out how to tile you know mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah the other so. interesting story is the two entrances now that we have extra so we have the the entrance to the theater which used to be the elevator um, and we also at the same time right before COVID hit um, because of that elevator we knocked a hole up here and it was perfect because during that time people could enter the theater we could do a whole circle and people didn't have to walk past each other. Mm -hmm. They could just go out and come through. And then we, of course, moved the gift shop. Yeah, so we moved the gift shop into the building next door and have a lot larger bathrooms for it to you know, facilitate 150 people better. Um, and mom added a little candy law. So we've got an upstairs in the gift shop that kids can go pick out their favorite candies. Um, we have a beautiful chocolate counter. Um, so we have uh, gourmet truffles and chocolates. and. Um, yeah, so that's been fun there. Um, and then another building across the street, we bought the dry cleaners, which is a building behind us. And we never meant to buy a dry cleaners, but it just <laughs> landed in our laps because we wanted the building because well, it, it was attached. Comes in handy with the costume, exactly, it yeah. does. We wanted the building because it was attached, and we knew there was a, a add-on on the back that we could have parking for the bed and breakfast. Um, so we ended up buying the dry cleaners, and it's the only one in town. So instead of closing it down, we decided to keep it open. Um, and we were able to have parking now in the back, um, but yes, now we now, inherited a, a dry cleaner. <laughs> the truth be known of that dry cleaner. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we wanted, some of us wanted to just bulldoze it down and use it for parking. So there was a family vote. Three of the boys voted to rubbish, tear <laughs> yeah, we it down, it and down. the two women voted to keep it. And it's still there, so I don't know yeah, how that Technically, vote. you guys yeah. got the losing vote. Yeah. But mom Somehow. has multiple <laughs> votes yeah. when it uh, comes I have to more account. shares. Yeah. So I don't know how that happened, but uh, they did tear the back of it off. So we do have more room behind. But uh, yeah. a part of that was people in town said, don't take this 
we don't do the dry cleaning. We just it's a drop off pickup thing. So, uh, but so people just said just don't take the dry cleaners away from Lamar. So that was part of the and it, we worked out a deal with the people that do it and and it has become handy. The bedding from the end they do all that for us and so all our show clothes. Yeah, <laughs> so close. But, Alterations. Yeah. 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 So the dry cleaners is still there, but. You never know. And as far as the community goes, you know, even from the first meeting that we salt. had, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> no, we will not. Um, even Just like knocked down somewhere. <laughs> no, <laughs> but even from the first meeting that we had. Um, you know, the, the town has been just so on board and um, caught our vision, our dream of what we wanted to do. And um, so it's been, you know, um, a great time of growth, I think, for tourism in l the city of Lamar's with, with the combination of singing and ice cream. I mean, how can you go wrong? You can't go wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something good to eat, something hopefully good to listen to. But, um, you know, they've really encouraged us. They've, we, we've... Um, been able to get grants um, for the bed and breakfast. We did a competition open for breakfast in which business. we <laughs> open for, for business. What did I say? <laughs> breakfast. Open for, I am open starving. For no, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have breakfast. Open for business. Uh, um, I'm and, getting old. Um, that to, to say too, Lamar's is a Main Street community. There's uh, 53 Main Street communities in Iowa. So there are some phenomenal um, grant programs, facade programs that help restore these buildings um, so obviously we d you know did a lot of ourselves too but it's great to have that partnership with the state with Main Street Iowa and America and then of course the city as well um, that helps with these old windows and you know the uh, roofs. yeah roofs and all of that <laughs> stuff that you know just the, the normal person might not think of when they go down an old hundred-year-old Main Street and see these buildings so but the key um, it's is great you to gotta, partner together. yeah you got to get it in there and have yep. a vision and do something to do start it, it. Mm -hmm. And you were also past president of the chamber, yes. Michaela. So yeah. tell me how that Term came about. Ended. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I've, when we started the theater, um, you know, we obviously started to get really involved, and I'm kind of in the behind the scenes with running it all. So I was asked to be on the chamber board in Main Street. Um, and so has been have been very involved in that for the past um, six, seven years. Um, and then in uh, 2022, I was asked to be the chamber president. So uh, that's been exciting to um, just work along with the community. And uh, Lamar's is, you know, really growing. There's been a lot of change in the past couple years. And we're really, um, you know, looking forward to a big plan um, for the future of growing Lamar's. And uh, just a lot of unique things happening. Obviously, our main street is growing. You know, we over in our theater and bought other buildings and then like things started to happen and the parlors down the street so uh, yeah a really exciting time to be involved in the city of Lamar's um, and the chamber and Main Street um, just with Lamar's as a whole to watch it grow so it'll be exciting uh, another decade 20 years from yeah. now too well so. and you know not just bringing people into the town, but keeping people right. in town. Yep, I mean, that's been exactly. one of the biggest challenges for rural America. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you guys address on the board? And Absolutely, yes. And there's been a lot of discussion at that, um, just making it a community. I mean, we are proud, you know, of our community, but, um, you know, really strategically thinking about, you know, our, our kids who go off, you know, we want them to come back and build families and, um, you know, be a part of this community here. So um, it is a very lively community. Um, uh, we're very proud of um, our, our schools, our 
our town, um, our, our main street, our businesses. So uh, yeah, just wonderful to be a part of it. And now that you guys don't have enough on your plates, but what's next for the Brown family? We heard about the comedy show. <laughs> so we know that's in the works. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the music. Yeah, of course we're looking forward to our new CD release. And then we have a, a show called Hometown with the Browns out on YouTube. And uh, then of course we have a full scheduling tour, uh, scheduled tour this year. And then of course at our theater. So talk about the hometown with the Browns. I've watched a few of those episodes. How did that idea come about? <laughs> it's kind of an Adam idea. and I's wife saying, you guys need a TV show. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we've heard way, that yeah. for 20 years. Yeah, we've heard that for a long time. <laughs> what are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing this. You guys need your own TV show. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah without it, it'd be fun to highlight a lot of the different things that we do since we do so many different things. Um, the old saying is like, find something you're good at and just work your craft. And it seems that we like to do a lot of different things. So that's what we focused on um, and, and built off of. And so we thought it'd be fun to capture that on film. I mean, video is a f an incredible tool that you can use and uh, to show people what you do, mm -hmm. which is what we're doing here. And so <clears throat> a lot, it's easy to say, uh, I wanna do something and making it happen. So we had to hire a vi videographer and production guy and then of course plan all these episodes. So last year we did 18 episodes and put them on YouTube. They're roughly uh, 20 to 24 minutes long. Actually, the last uh, half a dozen episodes ended up on television here in Northwest Iowa on the local ABC network, which was cool. And um, yeah, it's a fun way to be creative, show what we do, and to hopefully engage an, with an audience that would come to Lamar's and check out what we have to offer here and look at our music, listen to that, there's segments on and the one farm. thing yeah. people yeah. have, yeah, they have always mentioned that when we go out, you know, in other parts of the country, that they always want to hear about the farm. So that has been really, uh, I think, one of the highlights of this show is we were able to do so much footage on the farm um, and show people what a rural America, you know, looks like. And when um, people see you on stage and they hear your, that you're farm kids or whatever. They want to see it, and yeah. so this is a good opportunity to show them Aren't what it's like. Yeah. You're real. Yeah, prove yeah. it. Yeah. Prove it. What does a combine look like really inside yeah. the cab? Yeah. You know, it's so. amazing how many people like have never seen a combine or big tractors and the equipment. So yeah. Well, of it, course, yeah. Cool Fifty years ago, half the population of the country was farmers. Now it's like less. I think it's less than two, two or three percent. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people have never seen the inside of a combine cab. So yeah, but you have a lot of the older people say, "I grew up on oh, a farm." Yeah. You know, yeah. there there's a connection there that yeah, that still true. runs deep. And, or they and, went to their grandpa's farm in the summer. Right. Yep. Yeah. I remember doing cool this. Stories, yeah. So. yeah. And, and a lot of them wish they were there. You know, they miss it. Mm -hmm. But uh, so. True. But uh, yeah, the the show is really neat. We I I've enjoyed watching them. They've done it a year. So now hopefully now we've kind of learned and got input. And now next year I think it'll. So that's be, the new thing yeah. this year is season yeah. two of Hometown with the Browns, yeah. which our latest episode comes out, or sorry, our brand new episode comes out in about a month. So give us a sneak peek. What's this episode going to be about? Oh, it's about our brand new CD and yeah. single. Okay. Uh, we have a new song called Breakthrough. It's out on the radio now. That's the only place you can listen to it is on XM Radio and, uh, gospel, and radio gospel Music Radio around the country. And uh, then it's going to be out on our album, which is on all the digital platforms in about a month or two. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Highlighting that and then... Uh, they, he went behind the scenes with us to yeah. our photo shoot yeah. uh, for the album cover. Oh, cool. So that's, yeah, a lot of people just don't think, they just think, oh, they just stay in front of a wall and take a picture. Well, there's a lot 
quite a bit that goes on behind it. Obviously, we all know that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we brought our videographer with us, and yeah, so you kind of see the behind the scenes of all that different stuff. And, and then there also, is, yeah. I think, in that episode, there's a sneak peek of kind of update on the the new uh, um, suites at the end. Oh, nice. So, okay. Yeah. Probably, and probably and me tiling. <laughs> and we hired a tile guy. Yeah. Backed out. Now we got the tile it, guy so. backed out also, on us, and so they got the second the best. Oh, yes, no. yeah, and I yeah. do a cooking segment. So, so I, she I has three cook cookbooks mm -hmm. and loves to cook. Has always loved to cook. So that yeah. there's a cooking segment. So the inspiration for the cookbooks that came from mom and grandma. Mom and grandmas. Yes, I uh, grew up obviously. Um, dad's mom lucille brown so she was a farm farm wife and so she had the garden and the yeah so and we lived just a mile through the field to her house so when we were kids growing up we were over at their house all the time so yep grew up uh, with her in the kitchen and then of course mom is a great cook um, and so, yeah, I just grew up with a love of cooking um, and then always, you know, the encouragement, oh, you should do a cookbook, you should do this. And yeah, then I produced one cookbook and then published another and uh, yeah, now have three and, and, you know, working on another one. <laughs> so stay tuned. Favorite recipe? Uh, so I loved baking and my grandma Brown made the most phenomenal pies. So I still love making a good uh, pie crust out of lard. Um, and then the fruit that, you know, aren't the same as grandma's cherries, but I'm um, close to it. So, yep, love a good pie. So the one thing we talked about, and we touched on it a little bit earlier, is the instruments. You all play different instruments, so I want you to talk about how that all got started and what you each play. So we started taking, uh, my sister and I started taking piano lessons actually, um, and our teacher taught uh, piano and violin. And so there was some young boys at our church and they played violin. So we thought, we wanna play violin too. So we started taking violin lessons. Andrew was a baby, so it was like 26 years ago, seven? How old are you now? 26. Six, okay, 26. <laughs> 26 years ago. I remember he was a baby when we got the violins. Um, so the three of us older kids started taking Suzuki violin method, um, and we took for a long time, and then it was actually mom's mom who um, and said, hey, you gotta play that violin on stage, because we weren't playing them, we just sang on stage. So finally I worked up a very easy version of Orange Blossom Special and played that, um, and then eventually, yeah, we all, we all started playing on stage and then it kind of just evolved from there so uh, now I mainly um, you know play the violin um, and then the boys play other instruments. Yeah, I play guitar, yeah. Andrew plays the bass guitar and then we'll throw in drums of course yeah. a little bit on drummer boy at Christmas. We just picked that up so but mainly violin, fiddle, guitar and bass. So. I got to see the drummer boy at the Christmas show that I came to, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank it was you. a lot of fun. That was yeah, one of our favorites. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun. So I think we'll wrap this up by just closing out in, you know, what do you want the takeaway for the folks that are listening? You know, why invest in Lamar's, Iowa, and come back to your hometown? Well, I got an email the other day um, from a mom who said that she watched the kids play their violins, especially Michaela, and her daughter now is going away to college and going to get this scholarship, and all because she watched the kids, especially Michaela, and that inspired her daughter. So I guess, uh, um, you know, one of the things that I would hope would happen is we would inspire other people, especially young people, to you know, not only play a, an, an instrument or sing, 
but to work together with your family and then you know to encourage um, other people to to stay on the family farm and to love the land and and um, you know to to go on to that next generation but as far as our singing um, one of the neatest things to me is when some sweet little old lady <laughs> who's walking down the street will come up and just hug me and thank us for our music or um, just the encouragement to the community. And that makes it all worth it. Mm -hmm. Music is very healing and inspirational. Mm -hmm. Music is a powerful tool. It can be used for good or bad, and we want to use it for good. Our family is always, we've always had a goal to be an encouragement to people. We have a little sign in the back of the stage, a little words that we've always used is love the people. So hopefully the, every time the kids come out here, we want to love the people that we're talk, talking to or singing to and, and just encourage them in their day and their walk with their life. We don't know where they're at. You know, there's health, you know, you name it. There's, there's lots of needs out there and we want to just be an encouragement to them and, and to help them get through that day and on down the road. Well, and I think one of the things that stuck with me as I was learning more about you and your family is brighten the corner that you're on. And you've done that and so much more and continue to do that and so much more in everything that you do, investing in the community, in your music, and so much more than that. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been wonderful yeah. to get to know every single one of you and have try and get out of the snow and go let's go get some ice cream ice cream, uh, ice cream. Do it. Ice cream. <laughs>